Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you again this week. A bit later in the program, as usual, we'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina Sikiotis. We're going to talk about why don't senior managements and CEOs get involved in this innovation process. Also talking with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants about uh, our tax return integrity. But right now we're going to have a chat with Craig McGregor from Retain HR about the effects of technology on recruitment. Good afternoon, Craig. G'day, Julian. How are you going today? I'm very well, thank you. And I know you're down in Sydney and thank you for joining us on the programme. Yeah, no problems at all. So, so obviously uh, technology is fast moving in all areas. I presume it's having some impact here on recruitment. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's interesting that you're going to be talking about innovation later on in your show because I think that's the key part of it, that uh, if hiring managers and recruiters uh, don't move with uh, technology and become more innovative, then uh, the competition for candidates, they'll probably lose in that game. Yeah, so they'll be left behind. So, yeah. so, so what sort of, I mean, obviously social media is playing a big role and, and things like LinkedIn are having an effect. Yeah, for sure. I think you know, candidates are becoming a lot more savvy with their LinkedIn profiles and also uh, clients or, or, or companies or um, recruitment uh, industry professionals can then use LinkedIn to to source suitable candidates as a as a kind of an online resume um, to see you know who's got the skills, the background, experience to fit with what they're looking for, and then they can create a shortlist to then go through the rest of the process to find a, a personality or cultural fit. Yeah, and of course, Facebook has always played a, a played a role in the recent months of uh, of of what not to do. Yeah, exactly, and we we talked about that in the past where I think Facebook is one of those tools that for sure companies are going to use more readily to find out information about candidates and what they're like in their day-to-day lives or their personal lives to see if that's a fit with their organisation's culture. But it's also a great way to educate um, you know, the community on what you do and what your values are so your business can showcase exactly what you, know, what you stand for and, and why someone might want to come and join your, your business in that employment branding space. Now, now uh, an interesting point that you've written there is the videos are starting to play a big role. Yeah, videos are becoming... I recently sat through a, a SEEK uh, seminar who are probably the, the country's biggest provider or biggest online job board, and look, the technology is coming through where they, they believe the video job ad will become more and more prevalent in the, in the future, and I think you'll be able to deliver a message to candidates in a more effective way through the video. But the, the other component to it is that I've been researching recently is some really large corporate companies, um, particularly in the States, are starting to use uh, video technology uh, in the interview process where for volume-based recruitment, they'll post uh, a link or a, a secure link to a certain number of candidates uh, with a, an interviewer giving, say, 10 questions. Then the candidate, in their own time, uh, responds via the link to those 10 questions then the company can shortlist from there, which is really innovative stuff. So, so they're actually doing it uh, on on a, on their phones, iPhones, or something like that, on their computers. Yeah, and, yeah, so... and I think the next evolution of it is that it's actually not one to one. So the company is delivering a video that is then accessed via many, as opposed to having a one on one meeting with every candidate, mm. therefore shortening their uh, time required to do the recruitment. Yeah, and the other one that you mentioned is is video resumes. Yeah, so um, some innovative uh, candidates out there are putting together a video resume so that they can send that through to 
uh, perspective quite to say, hey, look at me, this is what I've done, this is who I am, as opposed to the traditional paper resume, which is, I think you'll find that'll be, you know, the next evolution of, of a LinkedIn or a, uh, you know, your job ad boards, they'll, they'll become standard, you know, in the not too distant future. Has it got to the stage yet where they're asking for video testimonials? Because I know in the speaking industry, a lot of people are asking for video testimonials now. Yeah, at particular levels of roles, so at executive level roles, that, that, that could be a, a possibility. Yeah, and, uh, obviously the internet now is playing a big role in, in, in advertising jobs. Most definitely. So you'll find, again, it comes down to that employer branding. I think you'll find that a lot of savvy employers are using the internet to say, hey, this is what we stand for and this is who we are. So not just the, the push-type um, marketing or push-type job ad where someone goes on to seek and says, okay, there's a job for XYZ type of character. People are now going, oh, I want to work for that company because of the branding that they've done online. With with the uh, the growing older population and and obviously the older people uh, remaining in employment longer, um, yep. how are they going to cope with this? Are they going to have to uh, come to grips with technology? I think they will, but I think look from my perspective, you know, I've been in recruitment for a long time now, and I remember when uh, we used to only put advertisements in the paper and people would fax us their resumes and. Look, today, that's the norm is that you go into a, a job board and you email through your resume and, and most of the older candidates, they understand that. They've got email, they're on Facebook chatting with their kids. I think a lot of those people are, are more adaptable than we think and I think okay. that they're, they're moving with the times and, and they understand that, hey, if I want to apply for that job, that the process is to go online, I'll go online. But look, some of the smarter people, I, I think you need to, when you're a candidate, you need to have a really good mix of online and offline to say, okay, yes. this is a customer service role, I apply online, but I make that phone call to make sure that that, that person that's doing the hiring knows who I am. Yeah. Has it, have we still got to the stage where people put in written applications now, or is that gone? Look, from my <laughs> recruitment perspective, it's pretty rare for someone to post me a, a resume these days. I, for sure, we'll get people knock on the door and say, hi, help me out, can you help me find, find work? Here's my hard copy of my resume, but the days where our PO box is full of resumes... They're gone. I actually meant I meant the handwritten ones. We we used to oh, ask for people to geez. to put in a handwritten. Uh, no, resume. last time I saw a hand, <laughs> handwritten resume was a very long time ago. And you've also written down on your, on our, on our notes there the keyword searching. Yeah, that's that's again for candidates. More and more companies are using like internet based databases where, say for example, someone's wanting a purchasing manager. Um, all the applicants would send in their resumes and then they would filter that through the database or through their systems and it then picks up the keywords like purchasing or procurement and it would then weight them. Okay. So the people who have purchasing in their resume more readily than someone else would probably get a higher weighting and a, a, you know, a phone call in the shortlist as opposed to someone who doesn't. So I think one of the keys to writing a resume these days is really being critical or, or understanding that that keyword search is going to be a part of that process at some organisations. So make sure you have those words that you think they're going to be searching for in your resume. Great. Well, thanks for your time again, Craig. And uh, we have podcasted to keep up with technology, so uh, any, anybody listening can uh, go back and listen to uh, what we need to do with technology. Excellent. Thanks for your help again, thanks, uh, thank, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. Bye. Craig McGregor there from Retain HR, once again one of our regular um, guests here. Uh
keeping up with technology. And yes, we do have to keep up with it, not just in recruitment, but in all aspects of our business. But of course, recruitment is a key area. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. It's 23 minutes past one. Time to pop over to Tony Vidre at AV Chartered Accountants. Good afternoon, Tony. Uh, going back to the accountants, are we, Julian? We're going back to the accountants, yeah, or, or yeah. the tax office, whichever you like. Yeah, yeah. that's right. They, they, they go back on their word all the time. Who, the accountants or the tax office? Uh, a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> Okay, so we're, well, we're talking about integrity, aren't we? We're talking about tax return integrity today. Yeah, this is, uh, this is one where they, they reap the benefits of spending so much money on their wonderful computer system. Um, you might recall that they spent something where, somewhere between $750 million and $800 million on a new computer system um, installed a couple of years ago. A lot of teething problems to start with, but it's, uh, it's probably paying for itself now because they've released a report to say how many tax returns uh, that they have um, stopped and uh, some uh, where they're detecting uh, fraud, some where they're just querying uh, for further uh, further analysis and for uh, asking for receipts and, and all these sort of things. So there's, um, there's about 11,000 returns that have been released after cross-checking, so they've actually cross-checked information with third parties. So this is where something's come up where they, it hasn't been quite right and they thought, well, we're not accepting your word for it, we'll go to the, the third party, which might be a bank or a... Uh, um, employer or something like that just to make sure that the, the details in the return um, was correct. Um, no. They've re- completed about 7,000 reviews since uh, July last year and they're holding, get this, 32,800 returns are being held for further review oh. and they're actually, they've actually started compliance action on about 11,800 tax returns. So they are, they, are, they are serious about fraud and they are serious about um, people doing the right thing and, and making the right claims. So, so what sort of things would they be checking? If they're checking third party, they're, they're going to a, an employer, for example, they're checking that that was the, what was written on the group certificates? On the right payment summary, yeah, because one of the things that it's picking up is that, um, you know, with all the tax tables, if someone's on a salary of, you'll pick a figure, say, $80,000, they, they know roughly how much tax should come out of that. It might, you know, it might be about $18,000. Mm. So if someone's showing $25,000 tax taken out there, that's the sort of thing that they're picking up on the, um, because it's a risk alert um, to say, well, someone must have manipulated this. Let's just double-check that 25000 was, in fact, deducted um, out of this, um, out of this okay. person's pay, that they're not just asking, you know, trying to stick their hand out for an extra $7,000 refund that they may okay. not be entitled to. Okay. Mm. One, one area that, that they've picked up on, which, um, which is an interesting alert, um, and even for people listening in, that, um, that they're saying here, that, uh, identity fraud. There's a high level of identity fraud they're finding where they're, they're contacting some taxpayers about their tax return and the taxpayers are saying, we haven't lodged a tax return yet. And a common uh, denominator with all of these is that a lot of people are, are applying for jobs online with recruit, well, supposed online recruitment agencies, but they've been asked to provide their tax file number. Okay. Which is a big no-no. You protect your tax file number yeah, like yeah. you protect your own, you know, the, the, the keys to your vault sort of thing. So once they've got that tax file number... Uh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these places are, are filing fraudulent returns. So it's nice to see that they, they are actually protecting the uh, the honest taxpayer out there. Yeah, although you do have to give your tax file number out on a lot of occasions, though, don't you? I mean, you have to, <laughs> yeah, you'd have yeah. to know who you're giving it to, I suppose. You, you, that's right, you do. And, and I guess one one good system that the banks have got is they they record it, and once they've recorded it in the system, that's it. They they destroy all records of it, and they can't actually well, they can't actually retrieve it. There, there are levels of security around retrieving um, tax file numbers. Yeah. And, and we're also going to mention uh, superannuation uh, new levels? 
Yeah, this is the, the, the going back on your word uh, part of the, the discussion today. If you remember what happened, we, uh, we were going to get higher levels of superannuation contributions um, and uh, it was only going to be a temporary measure. The reduction, if you remember, from 50000 a year down to 25000 a year, well, this is going to come as a big disappointment to a lot of people um, in, the, uh, in the super industry and, and particularly for those trying to provide for their retirement. Um, the the key um, rates for the 2014 financial year, next financial yeah. year, they've been kept the same. So okay. that salary sacrifice amount, the deductible amount is going to remain at $25,000 for everybody and also the, the non-concessional part, which is the money that you can put in after tax, is going to remain at $150,000 per mm-hmm. annum per mm-hmm. person. So those of you who think that, yes, those rates should be higher to provide for your employment, uh, to provide mm-hmm. for your... Uh, <laughs> for your retirement rather and so that you're not a burden on the system and I'll, yes, I think they're going to be a little bit disappointed. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time, Tony. We'll have a chat with you again next week. Talk next week. Thank See you. Ya. Bye-bye. Tony Vidray there for AV Chartered Accountants. Yeah. Make sure we do the right thing with our tax returns. And did you grow up in the 70s with some of that funkiest music and fashion style? Did you don your flares or your polyester shirt? Even if you didn't, You'll love every minute of the sensational 70s, Tuesdays from 6pm for our sponsor Heritage Gardens Nursery, East Maitland, on 2NURFM 103.7. Time to pop over to Christina Sikiatis for our Minute on Innovation. Good afternoon, Christina. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, interesting subject. I think we've touched on it a little bit before, but how important it is that innovation starts at the top. Absolutely, and that's what we've been saying a long time. It needs to be supported from the top, but there's new research that's come out that actually says CEOs and senior managers need to actually get involved. But, Julian, first of all, can I just give our our Melbourne friends Inventium a huge rap? They've just found out that they've won the BRW Client Choice Award for Best Management Consultancy. I thought that was absolutely fantastic Mm. that it comes from a company that's, that's... fostering innovation. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, But yes, these CEOs and the senior managers often delegate innovation. Uh, Surely they would be the ones to also generate ideas. According to research, 85% of leaders don't believe they're personally responsible for coming up with innovative ideas, which is absolutely mind-boggling, really. Mm. Imagine the positive message that would be sent to all employees if the CEO and senior management were present at training days, for example. Now, according to Inventium, they quoted Harvard, a Harvard Uni survey from last year, where over 3,000 execs from innovative and not-so-innovative companies um, were surveyed, and one of the main takeouts was that leaders at the innovative companies felt responsible for being part of the creative team. Of course, the opposite was true as well. The leaders at the non-innovative companies, um, all they did was delegate all the mm. creative work. So the CEOs at the innovative companies also spent 50% more time asking questions, networking and looking at their customers, actually physically getting out there and watching what was going on, watching the interactions, how people were actually interacting with their products and services. So the tips for this week um, were for half an hour through the week, watch your customers, watch, watch the people that come through your business, interact with whatever it is that you offer. Are you looking at happy faces, frustrated faces, angry faces, satisfied faces? Um, number two question, question why things are done the way they're done. And if you think about it, that's how innovative improvements actually find their way into organisations. Mm. And three, the other, the third suggestion was network. Spend time with people you don't normally spend time with because that's the best way to learn. Sometimes it's the best way to learn what not to do. But, you know, you're always learning from people that you don't always interact with. 
Yes, and uh, I mean, all, all these information's been around for years, but a lot of companies still don't do it. I can remember, okay, in search of excellence, we talked about that before. They talked yep. about uh, management by walking about, be out of your office at least 30% of the time. And uh, Bob Ansett with uh, Budget Cars insisted that he himself and all his senior managers spent uh, at least one day a month on that front line face-to-face with the customers. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's just, it's almost no-brainers, isn't it? It is. Kind of out, we've, we've, we've forgotten about them or we've left them by the wayside or something. We've, we've changed the way that, that organisations work and really, you know, it's almost a back to basics. It is. Well, thanks for your time again, Christina. We'll have another talk on or a minute on innovation next week. Okay, thanks, Julian. Thank have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiat is there with her Minute on Innovation. And, yeah, really, there's nothing new, is there? But uh, sometimes we forget those basic ideas. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. We've had a look look at uh, the way that uh, technology is impacting on recruitment and, of course, is going to continue to do so. The integrity with those tax returns with Tony Vidray. And... In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to enter that world of tax again with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants. Have a minute on innovation with Christine Sikiotis and, of course, some other tips to motivate you and improve your business. I'd love your company at the same time for business, the law and you. Until then, have a safe and prosperous week. And as Aristotle once said, we are what we do repeatedly.